The United States has announced it's not going to open the border to international travel until, of course, they've got a vaccine plan in place, and it'll require all you know, travelers to be fully vaccinated. But what fully vaccinated is for them may not actually work for us, because don't forget, they don't use or approve the AstraZeneca vaccine. They also don't mix shots. So on August 9th, we open our borders to them, but it is a one-way gesture. And over the weekend, the Prime Minister talked to Mr. Biden for over, uh, what, 45 minutes? I'd love to know what they talked about. Clearly, Trudeau did not get uh, Biden to budge on border restrictions, despite, you know, there were suggestions it would happen back in June. And, you know, did Trudeau push? Did he at least get clarity on vaccines and if they'll be recognized by the U.S.? Does Biden even care at this point, given the cases erupting all over his country? Or maybe it is that Biden is no more a friend to this country, to Trudeau, than Mr. Trump was. Or all of the above, let us ask. Mark Warner is an international trade and antitrust lawyer and principal over at MAAW Law. He joins us now. Good to have you, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Is it all of the above? What is it? I mean, there are a couple of issues that we've got at play with borders, but I mean, the big one is why would the you know United States be kind of waiting and waiting and waiting? What's the holdup? Yeah, you know, when when we when Canada entered into the uh, free, original free trade agreement with the United States, and then um, we thought we had a special relationship, and then very quickly after that, the Americans entered into started to negotiations with Mexico, which actually became NAFTA, and now what we call the USMCA or CUSMA. And one of the concerns always Canadians had at the time was we would trilateralize our bilateral relationship. In other words, Americans would start to see Canada and the, and the northern border through the lens of what they were doing on the southern border. They probably always did to some extent, but we didn't really think of it that way because we, would not, we never would sit down with three countries at the table. So the, the short answer is it, it, Biden has, has a very narrow control of the Senate and the House, and he's got basically a very contentious border with a very irascible Mexican president who at any time he's unhappy can send a lot of Guatemalans to the border. Mm. And so Biden has to think about what the, what is the implication of what he does on the northern border um, for the southern border. I mean, I know a lot of Canadians think, well, why can't he just do it treat Canada separately? And the answer is because he can't. <laughs> Um, mm. From an American point of view, we don't like to hear that. Right. It's, diff- it's very difficult for an American president. Immediately, you're going to have people in Texas and California saying, well, what about us? And that's really difficult for a Democrat president. So that's, I think that's part of it. And then there's also the question, then Europeans will start screaming. So, and also, I think on top of that, overlaid on top of that, I think, it's, you know, there was an asymmetry before Trudeau's announcement. And that was, you know, a lot of Canadians could get on an airplane and they weren't exactly going to Florida for essential travel, right? They were going for right. vacation. So we, and then we said to Americans coming up here that you had to quarantine. And then there was some question about what, whether Canadians would be treated the same way as Americans all the way up. Well, what, when, when once Prime Minister Trudeau changed the rules, for, you, know, you know, on our side for air travel and land travel, the, the gaping hole remained on the American side for land travel. But since... We, since we never dealt with the American concern about the asymmetry until two weeks ago in terms of air travel, I don't think the Americans really are all that eager to deal with the now the asymmetry that results from that uh, on the land border. So in other words, we have to wait a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds, you know, that Mr. Trudeau played to his own base, um, regardless of the consequences. 
Yeah, I think so. I think I think it's clear the Americans were not happy with what we were doing up until now. And now we've sort of got in this too where they say we're we're also caught into the what are the rules gonna be for Europe, what are the rules gonna be for the for Mexico. I think it will I think we're gonna see it open. It's hard for them to do now as cases are rising and delta is rising. And from their point of view, I mean he I think from the point of view of Biden, what are the Canadians complaining about? They just have to get on an airplane and most of them do. From from but we also know there are a lot of people who live on these border towns like Windsor you know, and, there, and and other places in D.C. who are crossing over to work, and and these sort of uh, remaining restrictions um, hurt them. But then again, the ones who are going for work are probably instead uh, are going for essential travel anyway, so they're not really hooked into mm-hmm. the, the, the 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 problem. If you get what I'm trying to say here, so mm-hmm. I, I think eventually it's, it, it's part of a problem. And then you know the the AstraZeneca. I mean, I you know I've. Uh, I feel like I've been screaming into the wind. I, I didn't think that Canada would uh, disconnect its decision-making on the drug approvals, even for emergency use, from the American decision-making. Because we don't normally do that, frankly, when Health Canada operates. They just, you know, they've got a smaller budget, fewer staff, and generally we free ride on what the Americans do. We right. decided in this case to go with follow the, uh, the British on AstraZeneca, and then and even when there were signs that there would be problems in the United States. So now we've got ourselves in this position where we've gone ahead on AstraZeneca. The Americans aren't, I mean, haven't and probably won't deal with that anytime soon. And then we got into this complicated stuff of mixed dosages, which the Americans are still not clear on yet either. And um, it's kind of hard for the Americans to make exceptions for either of those issues without doing it on a global basis. And then if that wasn't a big enough problem, you've got the other problem, which a lot of Canadians were getting the Indian version of AstraZeneca, Right. Shield, which wasn't even um, uh, approved for use in the European Union. So it's, you've got like several different questions that are going to bump around around AstraZeneca for a while. And all of right. them are asking a lot of the Americans. So I think I think I, I'm trying to be I'm trying to put this from a trying to explain what the American way of thinking is on it. I think that I think that's how they're looking at it. It's complicated. It is complicated, but but look, the bottom line is the Prime Minister uh, and Health Canada, they played with those things so that they could get, you know, needles in arms. They fulfilled the election campaign, uh, but there will be consequences, and that may be that millions of Canadians are caught in this travel um, issue for months, weeks, who knows, but that was a risk that they were willing to take. And then, of course, um, and I'll just quickly get this in because I don't have too much time, but Mark, now tomorrow the border guards could be um, doing job action. And, you know, three years, the Trudeau government has had three years to get a deal done it always comes down to money but here we are on the eve of this um, and it's going to wreak havoc on travelers or people going across the border for work or for our supply chain whatever but what what why are we in this position well it's tough to negotiate with them i guess and then i I think everything was probably stalled because of covid last year and you know everybody's working from home and of course the unions work on leverage you know and try they want to get to the bot to take everything to the last day so I'm surprised that we'd even be contemplating going to an election when so many lives are going to be disrupted by that. But, but um, a number of the of the key people who work at the border are going to be des- have been designated as essential workers. So we'll have to see to what extent uh, you know um, this results in shortages or um, or delays. I think we'll see delays. The threat to not collect taxes and duties, I find that hard to believe that that will be done mm-hmm. really. There will be managers or other essential workers who will be collecting duties. They'll just probably mean further lineups at the border, which will also annoy a lot of uh, Americans as well as business people. Sure. Because, you know, 
that border for the transport of autos and auto parts, that stuff travels maybe 40 times before it reaches its final product back and forth. So um, I think this one is money to be dealt with quickly. No kidding. All right, Mark, thanks for the intel. Appreciate the insight always. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Hope that helps. (laughs) That is a it does. Mark Warner, international trade and antitrust lawyer and a principal of MAAW Law. So there you go. We'll see what happens. Stay with us here. Alex Pearson on point. This is Global News Radio.